Hey, guess what? It's time for making kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Making Kayfabe. This is the show where the two newest CEOs of the WWE, Bryce and Dylan, (laughs) (laughs) rebook some of wrestling's biggest mistakes. Can you believe it? It only happened today. (laughs) Yeah, literally today. It's it's, it's, it's breaking news. Breaking news. Unbelievable. We're the two newest CEOs of the WWE. And unbelievably, the day that we become... The new CEOs of the WWE were actually rebooking an AEW storyline. <laughs> so it seems like bad timing, but let me tell you this we're the boss. We can do whatever we want. That's right. Don't tell us what to do. Exactly. So, as you can guess, today we're going to be talking about Eddie Kingston in AEW. I haven't done a whole lot of AEW rebookings before. I think uh, on a, on a, on the, on the on the whole, we haven't really touched a whole lot of AW storylines because I think we can both agree the WWE is much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but it could they, be about to get better. Who knows? Now that we're in charge, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it can't get any worse, can it? That's true. We, we literally cannot fuck it up anymore. That's already no. fucked up. So, so yeah. oh, hang on. I'm getting some breaking news. Oh, we have just been fired as the CEOs oh, of the fu- WWE. <sighs> it's got to be yep. some kind of a record. Yeah, hey. What's up? Vincent Mann was in charge for like 50 years. We're in charge for like five minutes. Yeah, but those five minutes, man. They were great. We it's for- the, best, the best five minutes in WWE history, I think. Clearly. Also, we forgot to make any actual booking changes while we were uh, the head of the company. Oh, man. But, hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. I think they'll. It. I think they'll be fine without us. I don't know. We'll see how they do. They may come. They may come crawling back to us at some point. You know, you, you, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, once they hear what we can do to Eddie Kingston today on on the episode, they'll be phoning us up. They'll be like, "You gotta come. We gotta come back, guys. We made a mistake. We don't care how bad your gambling debts are. Come on back. That's what got us fired." <laughs> it was the gambling problems. I mean, yeah, the gambling problems are fine now because of our, um, you know, our, our three million dollar payment for an NDA. So I think we're all right. <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'll we'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a non-disclosure agreement. We're not allowed to talk about it. So nobody asks us any questions about it either, because legally we're not Nobody asks us any questions about the $3 million each that we received from Vince McMahon. It's, uh, it's, it's not a story. It wasn't from Vince McMahon. It was from the company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we can't tell you exactly what it is we did to Vince McMahon. <laughs> <For the other. laughs> or, what he, or what he did to us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're straight off topic here. So, Bryce, do you like Eddie Kingston? <laughs> yes. Anyway, about WWE. Uh... No, we can't talk. We're not allowed to talk about it. That's why we're doing AEW, because we're not allowed to talk about the WWE this week. Exactly. It's now an AEW podcast. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I love Eddie Kingston. Um, I think most people do. As far as characters go in wrestling, I think I think he's one of the strongest. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, even even character, he's, he's not a character. He's actually himself. I think. He's right. Just like, that's it's one of those characters where it's like yourself turned up to eleven. Right. That's what's that's what people love about this guy is yeah. that he's real. He's so he's real. straight ahead. Yeah, that's he's what, that's fucking. The word, yeah. He's a regular guy, but he he's awesome. He's got passion. His promos are fiery. He's a brawler. Insane promos. Yeah, yeah. wonderful talker. You mm. know, and I feel like that the aw haven't done right by eddie kingston in my opinion now because when i was going through the history which we'll get to in a little bit i was like he has lost an awful lot of big high profile matches in that company like he beat jericho right uh Hmm. a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago but other than that who has he beaten you know what i mean i feel like he and and he's super popular he's over with the crowd like we said everybody loves eddie kingston they love his promos I feel like he's a guy that they could they could capitalize on that. There's money there. He's he's such a like a great, interesting person, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did with today's rebooking. I I try to go back in time a little bit, and you know, basically what we do the show for. What I would do if I was in the position to rebook it, you know. Yeah. And I think I it, it's it's what that guy deserves, you know. Hundred percent, man. He's 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 
in my opinion, it's between him and MGF for best talkers in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Just his promos are insane. Like we've posted them. Um, if you go onto our Twitter at Making Kayfabe, we posted a few of these promos by now. And um, the promo on N- NWA about homicide. Like we're posting. that was so good. Yeah, he's he's promo on Miro. He's promo on Cody. Like just when he him debuted in AEW. Yeah, that that stuff uh, is great as well. His stuff with Punk is Him fantastic. Punk, yeah, yeah, Punk. That that was a great feud. So I think with Eddie Kingston, it's 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 a weird one. Like I I I I don't know if I'd completely agree. If you're saying AEW haven't done right by him, he definitely has lost a lot more than he should have, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, they've kept him on screen. They've kept him as a strong character. They've constantly featured him. He's mm-hmm. in a main event feud at the moment um, with Jericho and, and, and Co. and, and, and Am- Ambrose, fucking Moxley and uh, Danielson and the rest. <laughs> so he's he's kept present. But yes. I think the I'll, problem I'll with AEW is. True. Yeah, the problem with AEW is that you can't have everybody just challenging for the belt. Kind of thing, you know, the, the kind of their world title storylines are like three, six months long. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to like get someone in that main event picture. But I think Eddie Kingston is going to be there in time. Um, you know, I, I actually do see Eddie Kingston as a future AEW World Champion. And yeah. I can actually see him when Punk comes back. I see Punk winning the belt, and then Eddie Kingston taking the belt off Punk. I see that happening. But Ooh. yeah, he's we'll, we'll see, we'll see, man. But is one of these guys that when he does win the world title, he's going to be just the biggest fucking baby face, as if he isn't already. But you know, he will be very popular, and yeah, he's he will have earned every bit of it. Exactly, like you said, everybody loves that guy, and mm. I, I I'm intrigued by your 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 punk idea. Yeah, you know, I think that 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 would be fun. Maybe we should book that. Maybe we should. Do you want to just next season? This you want season, to scrap this? You want to scrap this booking today and just like book, book Eddie Kingston and Punk instead. <laughs> this season is Cody Rhodes. Next season is all Eddie Kingston. Ah, oh, all Kingston, everything. I like yes, it. it's perfect. All Eddie wrestling. I, well, I was going to say all Kingston wrestling, but we, we we got we got there. We got there. We got there between us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were on the same page. See, this is why we'd be great CEOs of an unnamed company. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, a company who cannot, whose name cannot be disclosed, nor even, the amount we were given when we were fired by them. Even though we've named them several times. We have not. I'll, I'll bleep it out. It's fine. Or, yeah, maybe that's not the company we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a different company that's not WWE. I mean, oh, d- dang. Oh, we're getting off topic here. You've done it again. Don't forget, I'll bleep all of this out. <laughs> Leave it all out except for us saying Eddie Kingston. (laughs) (laughs) Kingston. (laughs) Should we get into this? Yes, let's do a little bit of history of Eddie Kingston and AW. How about that? Eddie Kingston. The popular wrestler. He's been wrestling for a long time. Since 2002, actually. Since you asked. It's 2002. I mean, you didn't ask, but I figured I'd tell you anyway. I was thinking it. Yeah, yeah. So, he's been wrestling a long time. And he, in his adventures over the years, used to have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with a certain John Moxley. Mm. They were well-known on the independents as rivals. They were both brawlers. Both really good on the mic. You could see similarities between the two of them. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, and they crossed paths a couple of times, including matches in ICW, for example. So whenever John Moxley went to the WWE, it was a bit of a surprise because people were like, really, this hardcore wrestler guy, John mm. Moxley, going to the WWE? And people thought Moxley had sold out whenever he went to the WWE, whereas Kingston stayed on the indies he had a couple of runs in like impact or tna but he never really seemed to hit the big time like john moxley did and apparently the story goes that moxley actually went to bat for kingston in the wwe trying to get them to sign kingston yeah apparently so and you know (laughs) if we were the ceos of a particular company (laughs) we would have said fuck yes but again though you know it's a wonder Moxie survived in the WWE. I don't think Kingston would have stood a chance. No, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. Unless he was a manager, um, I, I do not see WWE pushing Eddie Kingston as an actual no talent, you know, wrestling talent, you know. No, I don't see it at all. You know, it, he just wouldn't fit in with them. No, 
So in July 2020, Eddie Kingston debuted for AEW where he fought Cody Rhodes. Remember that guy? <laughs> Who? <laughs> wow. If this anybody's is the like, episode this season we've mentioned Cody Rhodes. <laughs> anybody out there unfamiliar out with Cody Rhodes, please check out uh, episodes 1 to 87 of Making k Food. We booked Cody Rhodes. <laughs> that was a match for the TNT Championship and a no disqualification match. For, I don't That's know right. why, but uh, why not, right? Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston asked Tony Khan to make it no DQ, and Tony Khan says, "Yeah, that's all right. All Cody has to do is accept." And like before Eddie Kingston mentioned that, he just took the piss out of Cody for like five minutes. So that's what, yeah. that's what it was. I there's um there's an article. I'll 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 refer to this article again later. But Eddie Kingston wrote an article. Yes. For uh, well, what was it that he wrote that article for? Uh, I mentioned it in a second, so we'll get to there. But in that article, he talks about like Cody kind of you know helping him out for that match, and he's like, you know, Cody Rhodes is one of the biggest guys in his company. Yeah, and he's doing all this stuff for me. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. He, he was Cody was like, you have to have a live mic when you come out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Kingston's like, that's amazing. Like that's a hell of a bone to throw to that guy, you know? Yeah, ha- fucking yeah. Especially like, guys as good at promos as that. He got himself. I mean, it, before he came to AEW, I didn't know much about him, to be honest. Um, I didn't know much about Kingston. I didn't follow his indie stuff. When he came to AEW, he got on that mic immediately. He made mm-hmm. just a fucking instant impression. So that was yeah. the right call. Well, the way it happened was he, he was doing some indie show before that. And he just got on the mic and started calling out everybody. Mm. He was just like, I'll fucking I'll fight everybody. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, <laughs> whoever. And Cody, like somebody in AEW saw that and was like, all right, you want to you fight Cody Rhodes? <laughs> nice um so you know that guy he got himself over yeah this is what he does so after that he signed an aw contract and for some reason started up an alliance with the butcher and the blade and the lucha brothers yeah like you know what 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 do those five guys have in common with each other apparently pentagon is his best friends but other than that i don't know <laughs> it seemed, it just seemed kind of random doesn't it you're like what kind yeah. of what kind of party is this so they're all best friends at all out kingston competed in the casino battle royale he lasted to the end before he was eliminated by lance archer although mm. kingston claimed he was never eliminated as he went under the bottom rope yes so because of that he was able to have a championship match against john moxley on the September 23rd episode of Dynamite for the AW Championship, he passed out after Moxie locked him in a chokehold, and therefore it was like that didn't count. Moxie didn't beat me. I get another. I get a proper rematch. So they wrestled again. <laughs> the good old Kurt Angle excuse. Yeah, exactly. They wrestled again at full gear in November in an I Quit match, which he lost. But the promos for that were a lot of fun. And again, putting Kingston on the mic, great idea, right? That's how you do it. And I felt that going into that match or for that feud, Moxie was the face and Kingston was being portrayed as a heel. But the way Kingston is on the mic, you root for him. Yeah. He was cutting these promos talking about how it took him 17 years to get to this point, you know, and he's worked his ass off and he, he, this is like the biggest high profile match he's had. He's a championship shot, you know? He was really getting over with the audience. And in return, like Moxie was kind of like a bit of a dick, right? You know, and I'm like, wow, they could. I, that's what I thought they were going to do. I'm like, they're going to do a double turn. You know, they're going to turn Moxie mm. heel, turn Kingston babyface. Uh, but they didn't do that, which is a shame because I thought those promos really got him over, you know. But anyway, they they moved on. Shortly after this, the Lucha Brothers turned on Kingston because, you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Um, and then after this, Kenny Omega soon beat John Moxie for the championship, which would lead Eddie Kingston to come to John Moxie's aid, his old uh, his old friend. So he was assisting him with his feud against Kenny Omega. You remember him coming to help him in that incredible exploding death match. Eek. Yeah. I mean, after seeing that, I'm like, boy, that that's how you do Eddie Kingston dirty. Yeah, you know what I mean. He had to sell that. I'm like, come on, dude. He did have to sell that. Yeah, <laughs> I felt so bad for him. It was his big moment. It was his big babyface turn. He's coming out to save his friend, and then, it, right, it was so big. Yeah. It could have been perfect, and then damn, the fireworks didn't go off. It would have been perfect. That's it would have been just the fucking fireworks. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a shame, you know, because that could have been great. 
Then after that, Moxley and Kingston would continue the team together until Moxley had to step away from the ring for personal reasons in 2021. So here it is, the Players' Tribune. At the, ah, end of, Tribune. at the end of 2021, Kingston wrote an article for the Players' Tribune, which was a critically acclaimed article that, once again, made Kingston out to be a monster babyface. You know, everybody read that article. They loved him even more. They're like, this guy... Now he, now he can write, <laughs> you know, there's that, yeah. he can do everything. What can he do? Really good article. If you guys haven't read it, like, go check it out. It's it, If you're not a big fan of Kingston already, that article will probably change your mind. You, you will be, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's another case of him kind of getting himself over, you know? And that was around about the time he started working with CM Punk. And what I think was a, a too short of a feud, I could have watched those mm. guys go for months. I think they will. They'll pick it back up, I think, yeah. I hope so, like you said. I hope so, because that was fun. And those, that's, you know, those two guys can fucking talk. Yeah. It's wonderful. Incredible. So, despite Kingston being mad over in AEW, cutting great promos, like I said, it feels like the only real high-profile win he had was over Chris Jericho. But, like we have been suspecting, I feel like the good stuff's around the corner, right? Yeah. Eventually, they're going to pull the trigger on him. That's that's what I hope. But if I was in charge, I would have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier. I am going to be focusing on the John Moxley feud nice. in 2020 because I think that's when he was first starting to get over. And I'm like, mm-hmm. capitalize on that. You know what I mean? I had heard that Tony Khan had planned out already like his first four heavyweight champions in AEW. Yeah. And that's neat and all, but sometimes plans change, right? Sometimes yeah. you got to listen to the crowd. And that's kind of my angle for today's rebooking. So what do you think? Do you want to get into it? Or should we continue to slander the WWE? Oh, don't, don't you said it again. You bleep it out, though. <laughs> Whenever you bleep it, actually, like, replace the, the company in question with us saying Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> So it's we, so we, confusing. We were the CEOs of Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Kingston. <laughs> we got fired from we got Eddie, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> we got $3 million each from Eddie Kingston. Let's book Eddie Kingston, but actual Eddie Kingston, yes. not the Eddie Kingston that we're replacing the WWF. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so it's too confusing. Let's just do the rebooking, shall we? Let's do it. So, September 2020, the all-out pay-per-view Casino Battle Royale to give a guaranteed title shot to whoever wins it. Eddie Kingston is the most recent AEW signing. He's in the match. He's already established himself as a bit of a heel. He's aligned himself with the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. Those are bad guys. So he's obviously a heel. Lance Archer in 2020 was also a heel. So I thought it was a bit weird to have both those guys end the match if they're both heels. So what we're going to do is we're going to work on making Eddie Kingston more of a face, right? So he's going to work his butt off in that battle royale, trying to win that match, only for Lance Archer to steal it at the end. You know, Jake the Snake gets involved with some shenanigans and Eddie Kingston loses, right? So everybody can see now that Eddie Kingston has a lot of heart, a lot of guts. He really worked his ass off in that battle royale and he was screwed out of it, okay? So he criticizes his his other boys, you know, the Butcher, the Blade, and mm-hmm. the Lucha Brothers. He's like, come on, man. He had Jake the Snake to help him win, like a 70-year-old dude <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Jake the Snake is. Where were Kingston's boys, right? Couldn't they have come in and helped him or something? But they kind of laugh it off. They're like, you know, we thought you were a tough guy. You can handle it yourself. And again, we're showing a little bit of uh, of dissension in the ranks here. We're making it seem like Kingston's got more kind of morals than those guys do, right? So he's annoyed by their attitude, but he kind of plays it off because he's a tough guy. I mean, he had lasted all of them in the match, so he's pretty tough. But he's not finished with Archer just yet. He feels pretty disrespected by how the match went down. Jake getting involved with that. It's not fair, you know? Archer can't handle his own business. He's like six foot a million or whatever. Is that a, <laughs> is that a real height? I think that's what it goes up to, yeah. Yeah. 
But only yeah. only when when you get to six foot, it goes to a million, and then after that, it's... that's it. Well, I, I'm six foot half a million, so yeah, that's pretty uh, big. Arthur's like twice as tall as me. Yeah. yeah, he's a big dude. He is big, big old man. So you know, this big dude, six a million, needs somebody twice his age to help him out. Like, come on, it's mm. ridiculous. So Eddie Kingston's cutting promos, but he's goading Archer into a, a rematch. Well, a real a, a first match, I suppose. <laughs> so Archer eventually confronts Kingston and tells him, all right, we're going to have a match. But Kingston's not finished yet. He doesn't just want a match. He wants a match with Archer that puts the guaranteed title shot on the line. Kingston was screwed out of the title shot. The only fair way to settle things is to have the last two guys in that match go one-on-one against each other for that title shot. That's fair. Doesn't that make sense? Is that, uh, is that a number one downship match? It certainly is. Classic Dylan. It's been a while. It has been a while since you've done a number of contendership. I know, it used used to be every time. It became such a a trope that it was actually included on the TV tropes page. (laughs) Is is, is it? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a trope. You just book a number of contendership matches. (laughs) Beautiful. What's that trope called? Dylan books books number one contendership matches? I I invented it. You invented booking number one contendership matches. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Well, I might have invented the trope, but let's say I invented that booking idea too. No one did it before you. Nope. It was only me. So, because there's usually like a big gap in between pay-per-views and AW, we're going to have this big number one contendership match in a couple of weeks, okay? So, in between that, Kingston wants to get one over an Archer. He tries to like, uh, you know, jump him backstage. I mean, he's got this big entourage with him. Where are they? Why aren't they helping him, you know? Again, showing a little bit of, of problems with, with those guys. But in response, Archer catches Kingston you know, plotting backstage. And he blindsides Kingston, getting in there first and leaving him laying before his security gets involved. So on Rampage that week, was Rampage around then? In 2020, yeah. um, I'm not sure. I, I want to say it came in 2021, but okay. for the purposes of this rebooking, yes. Yeah, we're the new CEOs of AW, so... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. <laughs> On Rampage that week, it's new! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was in 2020, cause that's when, or 2021, because that's when Punk came. Oh yeah, was he one of the first? Yeah, I think he was, he was like the, the, the Rampage, second right? second episode. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, CM Punk. But in our in our universe, <laughs> <laughs> you get double AW. It's perfect. Double AW. Yeah. Nice. Double the Kingston. So like on Rampage that week, Archer cuts a promo with Jake, talking about how he's smarter than Kingston. He outsmarted him at the Battle Royale. He is he beat him up last or on Dynamite, and now. He's gonna beat him next week for the the champ or for the championship opportunity. So next week rolls around, main event: Eddie Kingston, Lance Archer for the title shot. Kingston's a bit beat up; he's selling the attack from last week, but he turns up and he fights the bigger Archer. He refuses to be put away again, showing that tenacity. And this time, Jake tries to interfere again, but Eddie Kingston's wise to it this time. He saw it happen the first time. He's smart about it this time. He takes advantage. He's able to you know, put away 78-year-old Jake the Snake. <laughs> and he puts away Lance Archer as well. He wins, and he is now next in line for a championship shot. Arch- Archer is livid, but there's nothing he can do. You know, he legally wagered the title shot, and he lost. Yeah. So Kingston announces to the world that he needs a week to catch his breath. And then the week after that, on Dynamite, He's challenging John Moxley to an AEW championship match. On Dynamite, nice. Yeah, so you can see it's a little bit like real life. Yeah. But we're adding some more, you know, color to the pages here. That's it. And like like you say, the pay-per-views are so far apart that... You want to AEW keep things spicy do. on the TV. Exactly. Exactly. AEW often do these things where they have like a super Dynamite where it's like championship matches and stuff. So yeah. they just had one last week, Road Rager. So um, yeah, that makes sense. So after the match... After Eddie cuts this promo, Lance Archer attacks Kingston to get his heat back. But then he ends up arguing with Jake about the finish of the match. So this is going to kind of keep Archer away from Kingston right now. Because we're going into Moxie versus Kingston as a feud. We, we That's to kind of tie up the Lance Archer part of it. We don't need him interfering right now. So he's going to start having like problems with Jake the Snake. That's going to be its own okay. separate storyline. Okay? Nice. But he still gets some of his heat back by attacking Kingston. 
And then that way, um, Kingston's been attacked twice now by Lance Archer. You know, he's starting to feel the the effects of these attacks, right? So another layer to the storyline. We're gonna because of this, we're gonna keep Kingston off TV for a week. Well, he's gonna t- he's gonna appear. And he's gonna take the mic and hype up the match for next week on Dynamite, but he's not gonna do anything physical because he's still selling the effects of the attack. Okay. Right. So on that episode, Moxie's gonna be kept busy doing something else. But Kingston cuts a promo where he fills in the blanks for everybody, lets them know what kind of history that him and Moxley have. And if you look back at history, history tells you that Moxley always had the breaks. You know, they called him a prodigy on the mic from day one, but they didn't say the same thing about Kingston. He was always, a st- he was in his mind, Kingston's always a step ahead of him in that department. And those in the know, they knew. Yeah. Moxley has a reputation as a brawler, but who taught him how to brawl? Eddie Kingston. Everything that John Moxie's known for, Kingston did it first and did it better. So next week on Dynamite, Kingston is going to put John Moxie down for good and put to bed years and years of blood feuds. So, you know, typical big old lovely Kingston promo right here. I can't do the man mm. justice, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Totally, yeah. Getting himself over, getting the crowd behind him. So this is where we're taking a couple of cues from real life. Moxie and Kingston are going to face off. And despite Kingston showing a lot of aggression, a lot of heart in this match, Kingston will pass out after Moxie locks him in a, tr- in a chokehold. We'll keep that because that Ooh. works. And it leads naturally to a rematch. So that that all works. We can keep that. Okay. Mox, okay. You know, Kingston makes it clear that he never lost a match. He passed out. So Moxie hasn't beaten him yet. And this will naturally lead to a rematch. At full gear, we'll keep it an I quit match. Okay? Okay. And so we have him cutting these great promos, being more of a baby face. You know, we're seeing him change. He's not, he's still angry. He's still Eddie Kingston, but he's becoming more of a natural baby face. You know, a guy who worked his way up from nothing to finally get this shot at the big time. And like I said earlier, if you guys haven't seen some of these promos, I would recommend them. They're really good. Insane. Exactly. So... What we're going to do at full gear, I quit match. Now that we've shown Eddie Kingston has heart and tenacity, he's really becoming a good guy. He works his butt off of these promos, really puts his own like puts his heart into these promos, make him so good. What we're going to do is I'm going to pull the trigger on this and have Eddie Kingston beat John Moxley at full gear. Because you think about it, who else has beaten John Moxley Oof, up up to me, that po- up to that point, right? But even up to, up to that point, like very few people have beaten John Moxley. I think nobody actually up to that point. He and was even, undefeated when he was champion. And even since then, like you said, Omega's beaten him. Very few mm. other people have beaten him. He's mm. been pretty. So this is a big, big win, and it's it, it's unexpected. Nobody expects it, but we're capitalizing on the the kind of new find like. Um, BB face love that he's getting. You know, the right. crowd are, are into him. So let's capitalize on that. <laughs> We're going to put the belt on him. Put the belt on him. Yeah, all the Eddie Kingston Put the belt on him. Having a great time. But, you know, <laughs> there, like I said, there's a reason for it. It's part of the storyline, but also he's incredibly popular. Do it yeah. now, right? So now it's like the, 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 the full stop on like a good storyline. You know, Eddie Kingston has finally won the big one. He's finally beaten John Moxley. He's done it in front of a pretty fucking big audience. And it's huge. So, like I said, we're doing a bit of a double turn. But keeping Kingston as a plucky babyface and having Moxley as more of a man possessed. He's desperate to get his title back. So now he, Moxley is going to start hounding Eddie Kingston. And you used, you've seen Moxley. He's a very aggressive kind of guy. You know, this is... Great stuff. He's always trying to disrupt him at every turn. And Kingston, you know, is happy to brawl back with Moxley, really take the fight to them. It's like every time you see these two guys on TV now, they're just beating the shit out of each other. You can see the anger. You can really feel it. Now, while all of this is happening, separately, there was a Winter is Coming Eliminator Eliminator Tournament. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> to determine who the next contender to the AEW Heavyweight Championship should be. What's this? Another number one contendership match? <laughs> <laughs> Two. Two and one, baby. It's been so long. I really got to crown them in. 
You're making up for not doing them for the last few episodes. Exactly. So, again, we're going to keep some things like in real life. In real life, the finals were Kenny Omega and Hangman Page to set up the storyline for further down the line of Page versus Omega. We're going to keep that the same too. Okay? We're going to have Kenny Omega win that, be the next in line for Eddie Kingston's championship. And now we've got our match set up, Eddie Kingston against Kenny Omega at the Winter is Coming event in December. So the proud AEW champion is happy to fight anybody. And while he feels like he's still got stuff to do with Moxley, he's happy to fight, you know, anybody. And turns out Omega's next in line. So the the hook of that match is that Kenny Omega knows, now that he's seen Kingston up to this point, that he really needs to pull something special out of the bag to win. You know, like we said... He's one, the, the only person to beat John Moxley so far. You know, he's suddenly becoming really popular. The crowd love him. He's tough as nails, right? He's got the shit kicked out of him by Moxley and by Lance Archer, and he kept coming back. Kingston's on a roll right now, and Kenny Omega needs to pull something out of the bag here. He needs to, to do something big. So it's kind of it seems like he's making deals with some people backstage, and you, we can't really tell who it is, but... You know, Eddie Kingston's a guy with, with a couple of enemies on his list. He could be talking to Moxie. He could be talking to Lance Archer. Could be talking to the Lucha Brothers or the Butcher and the Blade who have distanced themselves from Kingston up to this point. So again, already we're laying the groundwork for that. You're like, who who is Eddie, uh, Kenny Omega talking to, right? Plenty of options. Um, Kenny Omega is going to make it very clear that he needs to win this match. He needs to be the AEW champion. We're starting to see the cracks in Kenny Omega as well. You know what I mean? He's a guy that was supposed to be the best in the world, and he came into this new company that he helped to start. Mm. Um, so why isn't he in the main event already? Right? Why is a guy like Kingston in the main event? That's not right. Something's something's gone wrong there. You can see him getting a little bit paranoid about that. And Kingston, in response, is proud to be the AEW champion. This is all he's ever wanted. He's worked his life to get to this moment. He's not going to throw this away. He's really going to bring the fight to Kenny Omega. And then Omega can just fuck off back to Japan, right? <laughs> Again, I, I'm not very good at doing Eddie Kingston promos. But you get my drift. I think if it was an Eddie Kingston promo, it would definitely tell Kenny Omega to fuck off yeah, back to Japan. That I sounds so. like Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I really channeled him, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right before winter is coming, John Moxie comes out on an episode of Dynamite. He calls out Eddie Kingston. Kingston comes out ready to fight, but Moxie calms him down. Moxie tells Kingston that they both have history. Moxie doesn't like him, doesn't like how Kingston took the belt, but he respects him. So few people have been able to actually beat John Moxie in AEW. Kingston's one of them, if not the only one. So mm. Moxie promises that eventually he's going to get his win back and take back his title. But before that, he lets Kingston and the world know that he's not going to get involved with the title match between Kingston and Omega. Just because he respects him too much. No need for Moxie to get involved, right? And because they have history, they all know that that's legit. But Kenny Omega, at the same time, going into this match, he seems more erratic. You know, like every episode of, of Dynamite, he seems much more erratic, more confused. Like, how could a schlub like Eddie Kingston ever be the champion of this prestigious company? It doesn't make any sense. And now that John Moxie has made it clear that... He's not going to get involved in the match. That's, you know, something that Kenny Omega might have been banking on for that title match. A little bit of extra help, right? Now he he kind of laughs. Omega laughs it off. He's like, I'm the best in the world. I don't need any help. But still, you can tell that this is his, like, big shot at the title. You know what I mean? He's been in the company for a year, and he's been the tag champion with Hangman Page, but he needs something big to happen in the singles career, something to show mm. the people in America why he's considered one of the best in the world. You know what I mean? He needs that big thing. So you can see the paranoia really creeping into him. So winter is coming, has come. (laughs) Okay. And the main event is going to be plucky, relatable, homeboy, Eddie Kingston. (laughs) So that's your nickname. Yeah, plucky, relatable, homeboy. (laughs) The the old PRH. The PRH, yeah. Eddie Kingston. And opposite him is a man often heralded as one of the best wrestlers in the world, Kenny Omega. So, true to his word, there is no interference from John Moxley. However, 
what does happen unexpectedly is Don Callis from Impact uh. Wrestling makes his way to the ring, throws Omega the AEW Championship while he distracts the referee. Omega hits Kingston with a belt and then performs a one-winged angel finish onto the belt for good measure, throws the belt out of the ring ref- before the referee can see it. He pins Kingston and he wins the championship and then gets uh. the fuck out of Dodge. Him and Callis briefly pose on top of the entrance ramp <laughs> very briefly as Moxie runs through the audience to try and kill Omega. So Omega and Callis jump in a conveniently weighted car and get the hell out of there. Where'd you get that idea? Hmm. <laughs> Again, take a couple of things from real life, right? Definitely, yeah. So next week on Dynamite, Kenny Omega crows to the entire world about how he outsmarted everybody. You know, he sat back and watched the AEW heavyweight title scene be overrun by degenerate hardcore wrestlers like Moxley and people unfit to lace his own boots like Kingston. But Omega's a real wrestler. He puts on five-star classics wherever he goes, and it's a travesty that he never reached the top of AEW before this. That's why he got in contact with his good friend, Don Callis. And that's why he knew that Cal- nobody would see it coming. And Callis and Omega have history. Mm. You know what I mean? So if you haven't, if you didn't figure that out, you weren't paying attention to Kenny Omega's career. Don Callis has had his back for years. And once again, he comes through for him. So now that old era of AW is dead and gone with the hardcore wrestling, it's done. And we can finally turn this company into what he wanted to. It's a wrestling company for wrestlers. There's going to be no more brawling, no more hardcore matches, none of this. So obviously Kingston is livid. He's, that his title run ended so quickly because of Don Callis, of all people. Yeah. And he wants his belt back. Moxley, by that same token, also wants a piece of Omega. He promised not to get involved in that one title match. But that's over and done with. He wants his belt back. He doesn't take kindly to what Omega said about him. So what we're doing is we're going to naturally go into a triple threat match. Kingston, John Moxie, Kenny Omega. Pretty good, right? And both of these challengers have a legitimate reason to go after the champion. And we've got Kenny Omega now as a heel, but you can see why he's a heel. It was his desperation to win that belt that made him turn heel. Because I didn't really get why he turned heel in real life. Like, he just kind of did. He kind of just like started getting more and more obnoxious. Um, you know, I think the fact was that people started to like Hangman Page a bit better. And then, you know, they split up and just Kenny Omega started this new kind of persona where he's going to go back to being the cleaner, you know, yeah. um, his old Japanese gimmick. And then he just like slowly, slowly, slowly became a heel. But the actual heel turn, I think, for Omega was when Don, Don Callis came in, you know, that was like yeah. the, the kind of crushing blow, you know. That's what I remember. I remember that happening, but I was, I never really got why he turned heel. But mm. here we're like establishing that, that it's that desperation to win the championship. And to that keep that championship, that's why he's a heel. That's why he's aligned himself with Don Callis. So you can see like a clear heel, Kenny Omega, clearly a good guy face, Eddie Kingston. And then John yeah. Moxley is like a tweener. You never know what he's going to do. He's erratic. He's, he's a wild card. So during this triple threat match, we're going to have, obviously, Kingston and Moxley just end up beating the shit out of each other. Things break down. And that feud escalates once again. It's coming back again. So... Now, this means that in that triple threat match, Omega's going to keep the belt. He's going to retain. And now, after this, Omega can move on to another challenger while John Moxley and Eddie Kingston keep themselves occupied with a feud. Keep the heat on. You know what I mean? And then after this, again, like in real life, you can have them knocking the shit out of each other for months and then they realize they're more similar than they are different and they could, you know, get together and team. But this way, you've got a good, solid heel, Kenny Omega. You've given people a taste of Eddie Kingston as a babyface champion. And the the fact that he got the title taken away from him so quickly means that people want to see him win it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's part of the storyline, is that people are overjoyed that he won and are devastated. It puts more heat on Kenny Omega as well for taking the belt yeah. off this guy that they love. You know, it's proper, like, old-school um, booking. That's how you do it. And so that means that whenever Kingston does eventually win the belt again, it's huge pop. He's going to be super over. You know what I mean? And then also this way, you can easily you can easily work that um, Omega PH storyline down the line for this as well. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, we, we try to keep some stuff pretty 
pretty accurate to, to real life when we can. So, but then this way, what you're doing is you're making an extra star in Eddie Kingston, an extra like main event level dude. So that's what I would have done. Really good story, man. Um, yes, he's properly, you slow burned it like, uh, mm-hmm. like AEW do. Um, you know, it's not just like hot shot in the belt or anything like that. It's, um, you know, you've, you've given reasons for the belt to change hands. You've, um, you know, built the story up throughout this whole thing. The story between Mox and Kingston kind of stayed um, prominent. Uh, despite having like uh, you know all these uh, other kind of um, things going on, but the, the Eddie Kingston promo you wrote about uh, you know Moxley getting all the breaks was brilliant, and it's uh, like it's, it's something I could imagine Eddie Kingston saying. Um, you know they were we said it in the catch up they are both very 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 similar. They're brawlers, they're talkers, they're you know they're two they're cut from the same cloth basically when it comes to pro, pro wrestling and. Uh, Despite it, despite them being pretty much the same, Moxley got all the breaks. You know, Moxley went to WWE, Moxley went to WrestleMania, he won the WWE title, all that stuff. What did Kingston get? So, like, that adds a bit of realism to the pro- to the actual product, you know, and that's what Kingston does best. He brings in real stories. So that's, that's the perfect promo there. And, yeah, just uh, ha- having Kingston win the title... It's one thing I wanted to debate with you, actually. Okay. Um, so one thing I would not not call it on, but you said this was him winning the, the height of his popularity, and like hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. Um, but I would say is that the height of his the height of his popularity now, now that he has had these great storylines with Moxley, Punk, Jericho, and you know, I. I don't think that would be the right time to pull the trigger. Just me personally. Okay. Just me personally. Because he was only just getting over as a babyface then. But, like... I can see where you're coming from. You know, like you said, hindsight being 2020. With us now having the benefit of seeing him in these feuds, hmm. you could argue that more recent Eddie Kingston is more over Eddie Kingston. I feel like he was so... He was really hot back then. I say back then, it was like two years ago. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Way back, in, back the day, in the day. Yeah. You know? And I feel like if they'd have capitalized on it at that point, you mm. could have, you know, then you could have Eddie Kingston at his most over. Uh-huh. You know, if, if they pulled the trigger then, you really could see how over this guy really is, you know? Uh-huh. And I mean, I do see your point. I, I do get it. I don't really know. Because like I don't, re- I haven't really been paying attention to any wrestling too much this year, you know. So I haven't mm. been watching, you know, AW shows. I don't know exactly how over he is right now, um, sure. but I do remember in 2020, like that Fuba Moxley, he was super over. Like the crowd he was definitely, yeah, yeah. He, he was getting talked about a lot back then, definitely. But like for me, having someone win the title as a babyface, you've got to have a, a solid like few months of building that babyface. But again, like the shock victory works as well. You know that that's another kind of trope in wrestling that works really well. So it's like you know it, it can go it can go both ways, man. So I do, um, yeah. Like you know, I it could you could have the benefit of a couple more months of building up Eddie Kingston. Mm. I can see that, yeah. Cause it but does, at the same time, yeah. like, with, with the end of your... So, sorry to interrupt, but at the end of your story there, what you said was, you know, Kingston lost the title so quickly, so now, when he wins the title again, it's going to be a much better run. The fans are going to be so into it, you know, yeah. they're going to be well behind him winning that title again, you know, so... Um, so even even the, doing it the way you did it still makes perfect logical sense. It's yeah. just, um, yeah, maybe we're, we're two different bookers, obviously, um, when it comes to that stuff. But To be fair, um, we are two different bookers. Like, yeah. this stuff, it's good to talk this stuff out, you know, because then you get two is. different kind of perspectives of it. And I get like, you know, all of the bookings we've done, I don't think any of like either of us would do any of them the same way. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I there's probably other bookings of mine. You'd be like, "Well, that's good," but if I were me doing, I would have done this, you know, um, and vice versa. So, but exactly. this all leads it, it into this all leads into us rebooking Eddie Kingston next season. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, season season seven, Eddie Kingston, and it's uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's good to talk these things out. It makes me think we should have done this more when we were CEO of WWE. But you know, <laughs> but, that's that's in the past. Sorry, beep. Yeah. <laughs> we're CEOs of Eddie Kingston. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> But that's in the past. Um, another thing I liked was 
Kenny Omega's reasoning for wanting to get the title off Kingston, the guys are completely different from each other. Like, he leaned into how Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are the same, but Eddie Kingston and Kenny Omega, in my eye, could not be more right. different. Total um, opposites. Different wrestling styles. Kenny Omega, more technical, kind of like um, strong style wrestler. Eddie Kingston, very much a brawler. Yep. Um, physique wise, appearance wise, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> slightly different. You know. No offense to Kingston, but <laughs> no offense to Omega. Eddie Kingston's built like a real man. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, this pretty boy. He's got over a, here. He looks. Uh, he, he's got the physique like me for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but and and also uh, one thing that could be mentioned in the story as well is that Kenny Omega went to Japan and like he was very successful over there. Eddie Kingston grew up watching like Japanese wrestling and, and mm. idolizing Japanese wrestlers, but never quite made that step to Japan as as well as Kenny Omega did. So you know it's um, an interesting kind of uh, angle there. But um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else. But yeah, another thing as well. So. You're obviously continuing the Moxley and Kingston feud, um, going into the next pay per view now after the, after he lost the title. So that's going to be technically the rubber match because uh, Moxley won one, Kingston won one. So you know everyone loves the rubber match. You know who's going to get the the the, the 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 majority victory? You know. Well, yeah, exactly. You, it's all about like the numbers. You know, mm. AEW love their numbers and statistics and stuff like that. So you've got a, a, a logical feud between Kingston and Moxley. You know, it's not artificial. They're not mm-hmm. feuding for the sake of feuding. There's reason for it. There's history. And it makes sense for them to kind of, you know, trade a couple of victories. And like you said, by the time you get to the third one, you don't know who's going to win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what EW do. They make you, they make it not obvious who's going to win. Right, so most of the, most but of the th- time. That's you know? that's a that's exactly the way it should be. Like you should go into that match and go. And again, you could say that that you know him winning the champ, him beating Moxie the first time, that's given him this legitimacy so that you don't know he's gonna win that match. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's how it goes. But that's it. I enjoyed it. Thank Good you. Picking. Thank you very much. I just really like Eddie Kingston, man. I feel like. Just put the belt on him. <laughs> just put the belt on him. Yeah. If, if there's one guy you're going to just put the belt on, it's got to be fucking Kingston, right? Fucking CM Punk got injured. we got to have an interim champion. Put the belt on him. Put the interim put the belt, belt on, on him. him. Why is John Moxley there? Why is fucking Tanahashi there? Stick Kingston Fuck in there. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Uh, who likes those guys? Nobody, but Eddie Kingston. <laughs> How many fans of Moxley and Tanahashi got? <laughs> fucking zero. Probably right? not that many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know not even I mean? not even zero, less than zero. Exactly, but Kingston, popular dude. Bazillions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, six foot mil- a million. <laughs> you just wanted to throw that in again, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. That, make, that makes no sense whatsoever. I know whatsoever, it, didn't, but... it, didn't, it didn't make any sense, but here it is again. <laughs> Look, man, you get a really good Eddie Kingston booking. I didn't say the jokes were going to be good. That's that's true. Yeah, that's that's what you get at making kayfabe. Re- reasonably good bookings, but terrible jokes. Reasonably good bookings. Don't wow. Don't. Really sell my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how did you guys ever get to be the CEOs of WWE with reasonably good bookings? <laughs> that's how. Re- reasonable. They're reasonable. <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> Speaking of some reasonably good bookings. Oh. I would love to hear Bryce do a reasonably good booking, but in a in a in a much shorter, more condensed amount of time. I would really like that. What 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 does Bryce think about that? Is it time for a game of Kefu Timbola? You know it, bro. Okay, so we're going to play a little game of Kayfabe Timbola, everybody's favorite game in the whole world. We should put a trademark on this. I don't know if we have a trademark on Kayfabe Timbola. But let's let, let's let's look into that, okay? I, I know a guy. Well, I know a guy. Of course you do. We used to be the CEOs of a massive company that trademark everything. That's it. Get in here, Jerry McDevitt. Yeah. Yeah, he'll sort us out. <laughs> so if you have never heard of Kayfabe uh, Tombola before, if this is your first episode, first of all, thank you very much. You picked a good one. We said Eddie Kingston a million times. <laughs> 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 so thank you very much for checking this one out. But if this is the first time you're ever hearing about Kayfabe Tombola, what is this mythical Kayfabe Tombola I keep hearing about? 
It's Ooh. simple. The person who hasn't done the main rebooking in the episode today, that's going to be Bryce, will have 60 seconds-ish to be able to come up with a storyline based on a wrestler and a scenario that he's randomly going to select. And usually we get our lovely, lovely fans of the show to send in their own kayfabe timbolas. You can do so yourself if you wish. Do we still have room on the on the season for more kayfabe? We do. We need a couple more guys. So if you want to submit your timbolas, then yeah, better be quick. Four, all we need from you is four random wrestlers, four funny scenarios, and you can tweet them to us at Making Kayfabe on Twitter. Send them and we DM on Instagram at Making Kayfabe or email us at makingkayfabe at gmail.com. Couldn't be simpler. So today we have a tombola sent in by Andy O'Neill. Hey, Andy. On Twitter. So thank you very much, Andy. Long-time listener of the show. So, Bryce, all you have to do is give me a letter-number combination and we can get this business started. Hey, um, give me just the, just the 1D this time, please. Yeah, 1D. 1D. All right, yeah. so let me tell you the wrestlers you didn't get. Tell me. You did not get. Shock me. Well, I'm going to shock you with this one. You didn't get Ahmed Johnson. Good. <laughs> good start. What a damn shame. Oh, That's no j- good. Jinx. Ugh. I know. You love you love Ahmed Johnson. When am I not talking about Ahmed Johnson? I, it's a wonder we haven't already rebooked him. He's next. Yeah. yeah. Him, and, him, him and Kingston. Yeah. Uh, you didn't get Ken Shamrock. Oh, I like who Shamrock. I personally like more than Ahmed Johnson, but that's just one of the ways we differ. Yeah, I mean Ahmed Johnson's better in every way, obviously. But yeah, obviously. But I just have a, a Ken- soft spot for Ken Shamrock. You know? Of course, that is a future booking, though, Ken Shamrock. Yeah, I think so. I think we yeah. we actually were talking about that one. Yeah, for a while now. Having supposed to be champions, so yeah, one day. Yes, and you didn't get test. Oh, Test. Remember mm-hmm. we did Test. Who we have rebooked, yeah. Yeah, season two, I think. So yeah. there you go. Somebody we have rebooked, somebody we're going to rebook, and Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> you didn't get those guys. But let me tell you, you did get somebody who I think we've picked a couple of times on the K-Fave Tombolas. Oh, really? And who we actually have done a, a, a rebooking of. Oh, wow. Steve Pissera. Blackman. Ah. <gasps> oh. One half of the two Steves. Why is it? Why is it always Steve Blackman? <laughs> I don't know. Steve Blackman pops up a lot. This right? has to be like the fifth or sixth time we've had Steve Blackman for a KFA Tabola. <laughs> we are really going out of our way to give Steve Blackman some premium, premium rebooking. It's because everyone just fucking loves Steve Blackman. He's always in he's the Tabola. He's always one of the four picks. Because everyone fucking loves him. But yes, we have but, we have rebooted Steve Blackman uh, back in season three, I think. So yeah, that's that's worth checking. Like season four even. Yeah. Mm. Just go back and watch them all. Yeah, just just every booking, yeah. Yeah, go back and check them all out. They're really good. All of them. So let's see what you're going to have Steve Blackman do. But let me tell you what he's not going to do, okay? What's he not going to do? He's not going to have a new gimmick as a time traveler from the Victorian era. (laughs) Nope. Nope, nope, nope. He's not going to get into a fight at Greg's over the last steak bake. At Greg's? Yeah. (laughs) Anybody in America who doesn't know what Greg Greg's yeah. is, it's like a, like a, a chain of bakeries. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, that's what I was thinking. Like, do Americans have Greg's? I don't think they do. I don't think so. It's I, was, I was very surprised when I went to like England and Wales and stuff and found they have Greg's. I thought it was just a Scottish thing, but yeah. But we yeah. have it, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Their sausage rolls are really good. Sausage rolls can be good. Um, mm. You know, it depends what temperature you get them at. You can oh, either yeah? get them fucking, like, hotter than the surface of the sun, like hell's piss, <laughs> or yeah. you can get them, like, you know, just ice cold. Um, there's no in between. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get that anyway. Oh. You didn't get Steve Blackman is a long-lost member of the Godwin family. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. <laughs> you didn't get that. I know nothing about Again, the Godwins. Again, the Godwins, two of your favorite wrestlers. Yeah, I, I literally know fuck all about them. Other remember than the, they're called the Godman Brothers. Well, you remember their names? Their a- full a- names? Actually not. No, I legit do not know them. It's Phineas and Henry. Ah. It's it's because um, Phineas I Godwin and then Henry O Godwin. Okay. Because their initials spell pig and hog. 
Ah, like, right. Okay, it's so okay. clever that they couldn't even be bothered to come up with the middle names. That that sounds like <laughs> <they're> so... <laughs> like just, you know Phineas I Godwin. Yeah. Who cares like what the I stands for? It stands no, for I. It's like Homer yeah. J Simpsons. Yeah. Stands for J. Classic, classic. Mm. Well, anyway, you don't have to worry about the Godwins ever again. Okay. Good. No, nobody well, else picked Godwins for their tombola. <laughs> I think Bryce has just given you an awful lot of good suggestions for future tombolas. <laughs> How many Godwins? There's only two Godwins, right? Yeah. So you can't, okay, you can't do an all Godwin tombola. That's good. No, but we'll find a way. <laughs> Steve Blackman turns up all the time. The Godwins never turn up. That's the first appearance for the Godwins, that's yeah. The first, as far as I can remember, that's the first appearance. 80 episodes and still... Only just Ridiculous. got to the Goblins, yeah, and they'll never be seen again. No, nope, never see them again. Never. So, Bryce, you're gonna have sixty-ish seconds to tell everybody all about Steve Blackman with his new hardcore wrestling Elmo gimmick. <laughs> that is what it says. It's it Sesame just- Street Elmo, right? Yep, it just right. says hardcore wrestling Elmo gimmick. So I mean that, that started pretty well. I was like Steve Blackman hardcore gimmick. I was like, oh, I, 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 I can, can I book can that. Elmo. Ah, oh, Elmo. All right, okay. So um, there you go. I never watched Sesame Street as a kid. You um, know who Elmo is, though. I know. I know. I know the characters. All right. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. I, mean, I, I love. I loved the Muppets, but never Sesame Street. You know. Yeah. So, and uh, and some of the Sesame Street characters feature in the Muppets because they're both Henson and British years. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can talk about Elmo for sixty seconds. Well, yeah, like you know Elmo, and you definitely know Steve Blackman. I know a lot about Steve Blackman. Yeah, so I think you could probably pull this off. Hmm. I have faith. Hmm. And you you gotta have faith. You, you, you do gotta have faith. Mm-hmm. For faith. For faith. Yeah. Exactly. So, what do you think? Do you want me to? A count you down? How do you feel? Uh, I feel like I'm frantically scribbling down ideas right now and trying to kill some time. You're just uh, drawing a picture you know of what? Elmo with a candlestick. <laughs> you know what? I've got a few. <laughs> exactly. That's all you jokes. need, right? Uh, but <laughs> I've got enough to go on here. Let, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to count you down and mm. then you're going to have 60 seconds-ish to tell the world about mm. Steve Blackman and the hardcore wrestling Elmo gimmick. You ready? Mm. Okay. Three, two... One, let's Elmo. All right, so I, I don't know if you heard that one, but after we um, were taken away as CEOs of WWE after the whole Vince McMahon shit, um, the WWE actually decided to sell their company. So they sold it to, uh, unbelievably, Sesame Street. So Sesame Street are now the new owners of WWE and Mr. Sesame Street, um, the CEO of Sesame Street, is decided that there's there's two things that need to return to WWE, right? One thing is the PG era. We need to bring that back. And the other thing is hardcore wrestling. We need to bring that back as well. Um, because they want to get more kids watching the product because Sesame Street, all right? Um, so he plans the first show, uh, what she calls Survivor Series, Sesame Street, Super Spectacular yeah. Showdown, the, uh, Elmo's Revenge. Uh, yes. we, don't know, we don't know why Elmo's getting revenge for it, but you know it's a pretty <laughs> cool name. Anyway, on the card, um, you've got wrestlers kind of portraying Sesame Street characters. Um, you know, so it's going to be a big hardcore battle royale, and in that battle royale, there's going to be Big Show as Big Bird. Obviously, that's the obvious <laughs> one, right? Um, right. You're going to have Rikishi as the Cookie Monster. Um, Bert and Ernie are going to be the Godwins. The Godwins. <laughs> Godwins. <laughs> um, Oscar the Grouch is going to be. Kid Cash, and <laughs> who course. was it? You had a tombola the other the other week, and it was the Count. Who was it? Oh damn, I forgot. Fuck, and uh, fuck it anyway. Um, it was somebody. That guy. Battle, that guy's the Count. Yeah. That that guy's the Count. Uh, the battle royal takes place, and there's a big surprise entrant. It's Elmo, and with nunchucks, uh, Elmo comes down to the ring, and he just fucks everyone up. He's like breaking people's noses. He's um, he's 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 he's, kick, he's kicking their kneecaps out. He's basically fucking everyone up, and he wins the battle royale. But we still don't know if he's actually under the Elmo costume. So when he's won the match, when he's won the battle royale, he holds up the hardcore title and he gets in, gets onto the ropes and he rips his own fucking head off. To reveal that he's actually Steve Blackman, and the kids 
are just fucking crying in the front row because they saw Elmo decapitate himself and uh, the show goes off the air with JR just shouting Steve Blackman is Elmo! Steve Blackman is Elmo! Bagard! Steve Blackman is Elmo! Okay. That's it. Uh, 223. 2.20... Fucking hell. I told you so, I could talk for Dwight Elmo. <laughs> so that's, you know, ish. That's, yeah, it's within the realms of ish, right? It's definitely around about in one minute. <laughs> it's about yeah, 150% more, but who... Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Pretty good. So, you know, you got Hardcore, you got Elmo. Yeah. You yeah. got the rest of the Sesame Street gang in there, too. I did. Who who was the count? Who was it? We that's that's... I'm not sure if it was like main series or Patreon, but you definitely done Tombola with the count. And yeah. I fucking can't remember who it was now. Oh, man. And you're doing the count. He goes, ah, ah, ah. Right, because he was trying to count something. But what was it yeah. he was trying to count? Oh, man, that's going to do my head in. What was it? We're going to remember this as soon as we stop recording this episode. <laughs> Literally, the second we stop recording, we're like, oh, it's fucking Kid Cash. Um, but, yeah, that was... Uh, if, we re- if we remember, we're going to splice it into the end. Oh, no! It's Sabu! The homicidal, suicidal, genocidal maniac! Three fabulous flyers. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. That was a that was a that was a good uh, Tumbola suggestion. I got a lot of fun out of that. I made uh, a lot more out of four four bullet points than I thought I would. So that, that does we got the there. We got so, there. So yeah. thank you very much to Andy O'Neill again Cheers, for sending that in. Remember, you can send in your own Tumbolas. We love to receive them. There's still a couple of spots left for this season. If you're interested, four wrestlers, four scenarios. The check out our Twitter page. I'm making kayfabe, and you'll get all the info you need there. But uh, shall we wrap things up? Let's do it. All right. What a wonderful episode that was. That was a we very had, good episode. We had Eddie Kingston. We had Elmo. <laughs> you know, two, we, two key ingredients for a good episode. We very briefly became the CEOs of a multi-billion dollar company. That was fun. Yeah, for a little bit. It's and a shame they can't remember anything about it. Then the pressure got too much to us, and we we stepped down ourselves. Yes, we resigned. Um, yes, uh, with all of our integrity intact. Exactly. It was just yeah. n- you know nobody else's decision except for uh, we made that decision ourselves. We just it, it was too big time for us. You know, we're we're ma- men of the people. Yeah, our, our bank accounts also intact as well. Yeah. Exactly, we're men of the people. You people, you lovely people who listen to making Babe. It is a joy. I believe we recently hit 20k downloads. We did. Fucking which brilliant. Is Cheers, guys. Stunning. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just we're just dicking around talking about Elmo. Yeah. And <laughs> this so, is how we celebrate getting downloads. <laughs> well, that, well, we celebrated by becoming the CEOs of a multi-billion-dollar company. That's right. It's, it's one of those him. like one of those things you see on Twitter. Like if you get one thousand retweets, we'll give you free tickets to go on holiday. It's like WWE were like to us. If yeah. you get twenty thousand downloads, then we'll make you guys CEO. Yeah, and we'll be like D- done. Yeah, we you did know? it, and, yep. and we had a good run, but it just yep. yeah kind of fell apart because we resigned. Yeah. I think we had a great run. Nothing bad happened while we were the CEOs. No, nothing at all. Not not nope. one thing. We didn't screw up a single thing. Nobody can look at our run and go, oh, you guys fucked that up. Exactly. Nope. For what it was. Anything. For what it was, it was very good. Perfect. You know, mm. I would I would argue it's perfect. Mm. But, you know, we just felt like it's too big time for us. We want to keep things a little bit low-key and stick to the podcast, which... We don't want to sell out, yeah. We're no. Stay with making kayfabe. Exactly. We're like Eddie Kingston. We're men of the people. You know, I'm not gonna do a fucking Bruce Pritchard where you fucking <laughs> you have a, a reasonably good podcast and then suddenly you go to WWE and your podcast turns to shit and fuck you, Conrad. We gotta get one in every episode. Now there is a guy that sold out, huh? Son of a bitch. Yeah, but we're not here to talk about him. So basically, thank you very much to all you guys for checking us out, for downloading it. Really appreciate it. That's amazing. That kind of love makes it just a joy to be able to bring you guys quality rebookings every week. So thank you very, very much for that. Also, if you guys would like to check out our Patreon page, we have plenty more classic rebookings up there. Some of them are real quality. If you love astronauts. Oh my goodness. (laughs) If you like Hardcore Holly. (laughs) We have a treat 
a real treat available on our Patreon page this month. <laughs> it is uh, the rebooking that nobody really asked for, but I did. But well, you did uh, literally ask for it. <laughs> but it's the one that we all realized was missing from our lives. Yeah. It is. I I know we talk about the Patreon a lot sometimes, but fucking hell, we have put the fucking greatest episode on there. It's Hardcore Holly as an astronaut, and that's all you need to know. That's it. Yep. I mean, if you guys want, if you're interested, you should check it out. Patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. You can check it out there on our kayfabe community tier. You know, if if that's your thing, give it a little look, share it around. We really appreciate it. That really helps us keep the the lights on. You know, keeps us plugging this show for you guys. But um, yep. Yeah, so thank you very much for that. Next week, Bryce is going to be doing a little rebooking. I want to know <laughs> if there's anything Bryce can tell us about that little rebooking. Maybe a couple of clues. Next week. I'm just going to keep this simple. I'm going to be rebooking one of the worst fucking storylines in WWE history. And Mm -hmm. you'll see what it is. Uh, I think I'm crazy for even attempting it, but, you know, it's it's something to look forward to, certainly. It's the Godwins. It's it's the Godwins, exactly. And they're twin brother. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, this rebooking, when you hear it, you're you're, you're all going to agree... This is one of the... It's one of the biggest candidates for needs rebooking. Yeah. <laughs> needs not booked, but... Right, Rebooking exactly. is the next best step. <laughs> right. It, it's... If, if you have to do it... Yeah. They, they should have done it way better. And we're, we're going to do that next week. Oh, so, boy. if that's not a cliffhanger for you guys, I don't know what is. You're going to have to make sure you stick around for next week. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Let's see if we can get it to 30k downloads. Ooh. In a week, I Th- believe This is the episode you. that we'll do it. This is the one that's going to do it. This is, this is going to be our big break. This, this, yep. Oh, I, I don't want to It's going to break the internet. It's going to break the internet. Yep. Yeah. People are going to have something to say about that one. Oh, I boy. Think. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, go to our Twitter page, make some guesses, see if you can figure it out before we reveal it. But until then, I think that's an episode. That's an episode. Don't you? So, like we said, we will be back next week with one of the biggest rebookings that needs to be rebooked, really, next week. Uh, But uh, until then, we will see you all then. So thank you very much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. So goodbye. Goodbye.